0: Super simple summer salads. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking salads, summer salads. I don't know about you, but summer around here means two things heat and busyness, and it is hot. Temps around here have been in the 90s with about a thousand degree humidity. And uh, that means, you know, we're kind of reluctant to run the oven to the stove unless we absolutely have to. And, you know, with fresh veggies coming out of our garden or from the farmer's market down the street, summer is the perfect time to enjoy cool, crisp, refreshing salads. And, you know, summer's busy. Have you noticed that? Summer is just busy. Anyway, Sarah Reinhard joins us here today with her Mary in the Kitchen segment. So stay tuned right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. As we begin this episode, I want to thank our sponsor, DivineOffice.org. You will find all things Liturgy of the Hours at DivineOffice.org. Of course, the Liturgy of the Hours is the official prayer of the Church. It is prayed several times a day by priests, religious, and laity all around the world. It is a treasure trove of grace and a rich education in prayer. If you have never prayed the Liturgy of the Hours, I encourage you to give it a try. And DivineOffice.org makes it very easy to do so. You will find the hours available there in text format, also in audio. And you can subscribe to the podcast version or download the iPhone or iPad app. And now there are apps for your Android or Nokia. There's even an app for your iMac or MacBook. But the most important thing that you will find at DivineOffice.org is a living community of prayer. So come join us in prayer at DivineOffice.org. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it.
1: Sorry, this is the fun bee. the
0: drum is back there. Well, folks, I'm bringing you this episode of the Catholic Foodie right on the heel, heels of an incredibly fun week. Last Saturday, a week ago, Char and I rounded up the kids and met her parents and our brother and his family and several cousins in New Orleans, where we boarded a carnival cruise ship. <laughs> the Triumph. You know, that was my first cruise and uh, also the first for my kids. Char's been on one before. Uh, and we, we just had so much fun. It was incredible. So much fun. We cruised down the mighty Mississippi and entered the Gulf of Mexico. We made two ports of call, Progreso, Mexico and Cozumel. And believe it or not, we went out to eat in both those ports. (laughs) Imagine that, right? So uh, there's just so much that I could say about the experience. And to be honest, I think I'm still trying to process the whole thing. I mean, it was intense. You know, we're going five days, I believe. Uh, I'll probably share more with you about it in a future episode. But for now, all I will say is that it was Certainly a celebration of life and love and all things good, especially family. And speaking of family, you might recall that Char's family is Lebanese. She and uh, she and I both have talked about that fact, especially about some of the food and the traditions on several episodes of the Catholic Foodie. Well, we got off the boat on Thursday. All right, we came back on Thursday. We drove home for the day, then drove back to New Orleans on Friday for the Lebanese convention. Yep, that's right, a Lebanese convention. <laughs> I shared a convention with you way back in episode nine of the Catholic Foodie. This is back in February of two thousand and nine. That episode was it was titled um, "Marhaba Habibi," uh, which is Arabic. It it means uh, "Hello, my dear." <laughs> <laughs> but basically, here, here's the scoop, okay? There was a massive exodus of Lebanese from Lebanon in the early 1900s when war broke out. Uh, you may have heard about you know Beirut and all the, the things that have been going on there for quite a while now. But um, so there, there are a lot of Lebanese here in the States. And in order to preserve their heritage, they have formed cultural clubs. These clubs are organized into regional federations and twice a year. Once in the summer, once in the winter, the regional federations will hold a convention, and whenever the conventions are close to us—Baton you know, Rouge, New Orleans—we've uh, even we went to Houston a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, whenever they're close to us, we'll go, and it's tons of fun. You know, it's like a massive family reunion, and sometimes there's Lebanese food there, but not always. Um, but there's always a Lebanese band. All right, I love Arabic music. It's extremely festive, lots of dancing. And it's a sight to behold, too, watching all these Lebanese folks dancing the uh, the dapki. What they call it dapki. So, uh, you know, because of the convention, we were able to extend our vacation from six days, basically, to ten days. <laughs> but now, I kind of feel like I need a vacation from my vacation. Have, uh, have you ever felt like that? <laughs> so, anyway, today, in honor, we're talking about salads today, right? Salads. And in honor of the Lebanese convention... I'm going to share with you our recipe for tabbouleh a little bit later in the show. But first, we're going to talk just a bit about celebrating life. True love, true love. you heard him. You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sally, yes, true love is the greatest thing in the world, except for nice M.L.T. Mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean. And the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. You know, a theme that has run through our experience of the last few weeks, and really for years, uh, has been one of the necessity of celebrating life every day. And this idea of celebrating life every day is really a big part of what the Catholic Foodie is all about. The cruise and the convention, of course, have certainly highlighted this necessity for us uh, most recently. Uh, But I want to share with you a couple of other things that have happened recently, too, that that also impress upon me the importance of celebrating life every day. Now, during Lent, Char read a book uh, that that had a powerful influence on her faith. This was a spiritual reading book, and she shared some of that uh, with me, the book is called, I Believe in Love. It's written by Father Jean C.J. I don't know what the C.J. stands for, but Delby. Right? He's French. It's a personal retreat based on the teachings of St. Therese of Lisieux. And it's really all about total confidence in God. Early on in the book, I think it was back on page 33, Father Delby uh, writes about the parable of the prodigal son. He notes that the process of repentance ends with a feast. And with dancing. And this is what he writes. This is a quote, right, from the book, page 33. Look at the prodigal son. He leaves his father's house. He displays frightful ingratitude toward his father, who is good, so good. He demands his part of the, the, of the inheritance to go carousing far away. Soon he finds himself stripped of everything and is forced to reflect. In the depths of his abjection, he has the grace to recall the goodness of his father. I shall rise up and go to my father. That is confidence. But humbly, he recognizes himself to be a sinner. I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am not worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. You know how the father received him, not as a servant, but as a beloved son. Seeing him coming from afar, he runs to meet him. Seized with compassion, he throws himself on his neck, presses him to his heart, and embracing him, he tells his servants, Bring forth quickly the first robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and make merry. And there was dancing and music. These eloquent details with which the story ends shows us a father exulting in his happiness. And why? He tells us why, and he repeats it to the jealous older brother. This son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Oh, this desire, this need of the father of mercies to retrieve his lost child and give him life. is the heart of God. Remember that each time you pick yourself up after a fall, the feast of the prodigal son is renewed. Your Father in heaven clothes you again in his most beautiful cloak, puts a ring on your finger, and tells you to dance with joy. In a living faith, you will not approach the confessional with dragging feet, but as if you were going to a feast, even if you have to make a great effort each time to humble yourself and to conquer the monotony of routine. After the absolution, you should dance like the prodigal son did at the request and for the joy of his father. We do not dance enough in the spiritual life. This marvelous parable gives us a fundamental lesson about education. Parents, educators, give the children confided to your care an understanding of this divine mercy by believing in it and practicing it yourselves. It is this faith that will prevent them from falling again. And if they fall, they will rise again. They will come back because you will have acquainted them with the gentleness of God. They will say, I know how good God is. I know how to abide in his mercy. From the depths of my sin, I shall rise up and go to my father. Is that not incredible? That's what he wrote. That whole thing I just read was a quote from the book, pages 33 and 34. That is just so beautiful. It is so incredibly beautiful. And it describes so well what the Catholic foodie is all about. I am here to remind myself, to remind you, and to remind everybody That God our Father loves us so much and has blessed us so greatly that we must be joyful. We must be grateful. We must celebrate his love. And I say must because really that's the only appropriate response. I mean, if someone gives you a gift, they, 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 they take joy watching you enjoy that gift, don't they? And look at all the gifts that God has given to us. Just just. Just those he's given us today. It's amazing. Wow. How can we not be joyful? How can we not celebrate? You know, uh, recently Char Char found another book. Uh, She hasn't started reading it yet. And I think we're going to uh, read it together. It's called One Thousand Gifts by Ann Voskamp. You can find out more about that book by clicking on the link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com or by visiting her site directly. It's um, aholyexperience.com aholyexperience.com And boy, have we had opportunities lately to enjoy God's gifts. I mean, the cruise and the Lebanese Convention, of course, come to mind immediately. They were a much-needed vacation for us. We hadn't... uh, Really taken a trip in quite a while, so it was very, very much needed for us. Uh, but even within those two events, right, there are like thousands of little moments within each of them. You know, time together with family, the wonderful meals that we shared together would definitely top the list. Uh, the first night of the convention, Char and I had dinner with our parents and her brother and his wife. We went to uh, one of Chef John Besh's restaurants in the CBD called Luke. Uh, it's on St. Charles Avenue, right outside of the French Quarter, right down the street from the hotel where we stayed for the convention. And you talk about a breathtaking meal. Wow. Unreal. You know, first of all, it was great to be together again, even though we dined together every night on the cruise. But this time, uh, we didn't have the kids with us. So it was a bit of an uh, of adult time, right? Which is, which is nice every now and then. Uh, I have to tell you that Luke was a lot smaller than I anticipated it to be, but... That fact and uh, the rain made it all the more cozy. Uh, Chef John Besch calls Luke his homage to the grand old Franco-German brasseries that once reigned in New Orleans. Aesthetically, it, it has a kind of an old-world feel to it. Uh, there are lots of brass fixtures, polished wood panels, and aged-looking ceiling fans that turn kind of slowly. <laughs> you know, Luke feels kind of like a a well-worn Parisian restaurant. It's casual yet elegant. Seafood is a main feature of the establishment, but not in the typical Cajun fashion that is associated with New Orleans. The dishes at Luke are more casual, French, Creole, and German brasserie fare, but don't be fooled by the term casual. In this case, it does not mean cheap or dressed down. Here's an example of what I mean. You know, one of the favorite items, one of the most favorite items of many guests on the menu, is uh, the French fries. <laughs> but I'm telling you, they are unlike any fries you'll ever have. Rumor has it that they're actually fried in duck fat, and they're out of this world. They come on, uh, they come to the table like perfectly salted and sitting in a, a paper-lined silver cup. <laughs> it's delectable. It's unbelievable. Uh, matter of fact, it's like the silver cups, the the silverware, um, even some of the, the 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 pot, the not the pottery, what do you call it? The, the the pans, the cookware. You have all this old French copper pots that they're cooking in, and that kind of adorn uh, some of the tables and 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 uh, the walls. Just beautiful, beautiful stuff. But in addition to the fries, we also ordered several plates for the table. We like to do that when we go out to eat. We'll. Just get a bunch of different things, we can all try something, you know, try different things. So we had, uh, there were six of us adults, but listen to all the stuff we ordered, it's crazy. (laughs) Uh, And my French, by the way, my French pronunciation is awful, so I apologize in advance. But le plateau of little neck clams, raw on the half shell. Le plateau, they call that, that's what they call it, right, of Prince Edward Island mussels. Raw on the half shell. Shrimp bisque, which was out of this world. It was incredible. Assiette de charcuterie, which is served with uh, stone-ground mustard, house-made pickles, and country bread. Because the meats and everything that are on there uh, change from day to day, I don't recall exactly what was there, but it was delicious. A terrine of slow-cooked foie gras with toasted brioche and sea salt. And then we had this uh, pied de cochon, uh, uh, a crustalant sauce, Gribiche I think I'm pronouncing that right Gribiche, I could be wrong. It's French, but uh, you're talking about these these if you if you're familiar with boudin all right, and sometimes uh, at least down here in the South, you may go to a wedding or to some other kind of event that has a reception, and they'll serve these boudin balls, and of course, they have restaurants that do this too, but boudin is a sausage with rice and uh, anyway, um when they do a boudin ball, what they do is they take some of that sausage, they kind of make it into a circle and they 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 batter it up and they fry it. Well, this pied de cochon is like that, it, except it was pig's feet. It wasn't a, a sausage. It was a. It was pig's feet. It was beautiful. I, I when I first thought I saw it, I was like, I'm not gonna like that. I don't like pig's feet. But I'm telling you what, butter. Okay, just think butter. It melts in your mouth. Delicious. Unreal. Then there was this house made boudin noir, right, which is a, a black boudin. It's like black sausage with a saute of potatoes, apples, and onions. Holy smoke, that was unreal. I mean, I'm running out of expressions, you know. I, I want to say slap your mama good for everything cuz that's that's how it was, you know. Um my my brother-in-law and his wife, they ordered I mean it was it was for the, you know, they they ate on that, but also it was for the table too, just like what I ordered. It was kind of for everybody, we we, we just all shared, but it was choucroute maison, uh made sauerkraut with uh Bengalista pork shank belly and bratwurst. I wanted to take that pork shank bone and stick it in my pocket and bring it home to make uh to make a, a a stock. It was beautiful. Uh then what I ordered, uh of course shared, but what I ordered was a redfish court bouillon with crab, shrimp, oysters served with rice. It was unbelievable. It was just so good. It was such an awesome. Meal. It was really the most enjoyable, a most enjoyable meal, a true delight. Uh, and if you would have asked me Friday night or Saturday morning if there was anything that would have topped that meal for the weekend, I would have said no way, ain't no way. But guess what? Then came lunch on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind we're in New Orleans, okay? We're in New Orleans for this uh, this convention. So on Saturday for lunch, Char and I took the kids to a restaurant that we've been wanting to take them to for about a year now. It's down in the quarter on Exchange Alley, and it's called the Green Goddess. Small place. As a matter of fact, Char and I were afraid that the wait would be too long because the first time or two that we tried to dine there, over a year ago, the wait was too long, and so we left. Well, finally, last October, we decided to endure the wait. I kind of put my foot down and said, I'm not leaving. Uh, We kept hearing how good this place was, and we just wanted to try it, so uh, we stayed, and we waited for probably 45 minutes to an hour. Um, Mercifully, they brought me a cup of coffee to tide me over until I got in the door A Sunday morning in October, and I was needing my coffee. But uh, (laughs) anyway, what we heard was true. Dining at the Green Goddess was a beautiful experience. I mean, the dessert we had that Sunday morning in October was a bacon sundae, and I know I talked about it on the show afterwards. I know I did. Because I talked about it for weeks <laughs> to everyone. It was sublime. The salty, sweet goodness of the bacon, the caramel, black salt and ice cream, and the 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 fresh made whipped cream too. Wow. Oh, unreal. And our youngest our, our daughter, our youngest daughter, Grace, loves bacon. And so, you know, she's been wanting to go to the Green Green Goddess since October. It just never worked out until Saturday, that is. So as I said, Char and I were afraid that the wait would be too long. You know, it was about noon. The sky was threatening rain, but to our surprise delight, we walked right in and got a table. (laughs) Matter of fact, it was the same table that Char and I sat at at back in, uh, in October. So everyone was so excited. And as we looked over the menu, I ordered a Bloody Mary. Now, actually, it was called a Lightning Mary. And uh, I just have to tell you about it. I have never had anything like it. Here's what the description said in the menu. It said, The Lightning Mary is our Bloody Mary with roasted yellow tomatoes and our secret concoctions featuring Junior Johnson's Lemon Moonshine, pickled okra, and green beans. Now, that sounds delicious, of course, but I learned even more from our waitress. I learned that they they roast their own heirloom tomatoes. In house to make their mix Wow (laughs) folks I'm telling you I've been drinking and making my own Bloody Marys for years and I have never had one as good as this lightning Mary from green goddess it was absolutely amazing and yes if you're wondering it was slap your mama good it was that good so um anyway, in addition to the uh, Bloody Mary, and I've already told you that, and I told you what we got for um, dessert, but now um, <laughs> let me tell you what we ordered. what we ordered for the table. they had uh, we ordered uh, do, again, things just to share. We had a pressed crab sandwich, which is a uh, dong fuang French bread filled with Lafitte blue crab, raviola cheese, and rummelade, pressed to crispy perfection, served with a side salad. We also ordered the Cuban luau sandwich, which is artisanal salami, pulled pork, manchego, pickled banana peppers, roasted pineapple, and garlic aioli on pressed ciabatta. That's what I had the first time back in October, and it was so good, I just couldn't resist. I had to get another one. Char also ordered one of the specials of the day. It was smoked duck breast over grits with a red wine sauce and a poached egg on top. You talk about a beautiful presentation. First of all, secondly, it, it again like butter. I mean, just melted in your mouth. So delicious. And of course, for dessert, we had the notorious bacon sundae as it's called on the menu, pecan praline ice cream with a creamy bacon caramel sauce carrying a bit of both pink Himalayan and black lava salts and microplaned nuiskies Applewood bacon layered with whipped cream. Oh, man. That is just, uh, there's just nothing like it. Uh, it's Bacon Sunday. I mean, I wish I could replicate it at home. I, I don't even know where to start. It's, I can make bacon, of course, you know, but it's just, oh, it, I got to stop talking about it. My mouth is watering now. <laughs> Simply amazing. So if you were ever down in New Orleans, I would definitely recommend stopping by Luke and the Green Goddess. Just please make sure that you space those visits to allow for digestion (laughs) both places are phenomenal
1: i'd like the chef salad please with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode chef and apple a la mode but i'd like the pie heated and i don't want the ice cream on top i want it on the side and i would like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it if not then no ice cream just whipped cream but only if it's real if it's out of a can then nothing not even the pie no, just the pie, but then not heated.
0: it. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Now, how about a salad? Or at least some ideas for super simple summer salads. <laughs> you know, salads are the perfect cool and crisp solution to hot July evenings in Louisiana. And today I want to give you a few ideas of salads you can make quickly and easily at home And then a couple of tips, too, on how to uh, kick those salads up a notch. I'm going to share three ideas with you today for these salads. The first is very, very simple, and it's just one that I love. I love so much. It's fresh cucumber, tomato, and Vidalia onion. And this is probably my favorite summer salad. I could eat it as a meal. I could eat it every day. I just chop about two cucumbers, two or three tomatoes, uh, one half to one whole Vidalia onion, depends on how oniony you like it. And you place all that into a large bowl. Now, I like to use Vidalia onions because they are so sweet. Very mild, but very sweet. And then I season it, you know, everything is in a bowl, I season it with kosher salt and fresh ground black pepper. I toss in a little, uh, some olive oil, uh, extra virgin olive oil, EVOO as uh, Rachel Ray likes to say, E-V-O-O, and some red wine vinegar. Of course, all of this is to taste. It's quick, it's simple, it's very refreshing. And I always make this one a little earlier than I need it because what I do is I cover it with plastic wrap and I stick it in the fridge to let it uh, let it cool, but also it lets the, the flavors marinate together. Really a very, very good salad. I love that one. Another salad that we enjoy a lot is uh, just romaine with tomato and feta. Now, after washing the romaine, we usually break each leaf apart by hand, and you want small, bite-sized pieces, not big chunks. However, if you're in a hurry, you can always slice the leaves first with a knife, and then break them, like slice the whole, uh, like the the, the head uh, from, from the uh, top of the head all the way down to the, the base. You just do slices. You know, fairly, not too thin, but not, too thick, and then break those by hand. You could do that. It may speed up the process a bit. And it's really a very quick salad to make once the the, the lettuce is washed. Now, if you're in a really big hurry, you can always buy pre-washed lettuce, but you have to know that you're going to lose something in the freshness department by doing so. Anyway, after leaves have been washed and dried, plate the lettuce. And it's important that you at least uh, attempt to dry the, the leaves before you do that. You don't want a soggy, water down salad, right? You you want the leaves to be somewhat not to be perfectly dry, but somewhat dry. There there are salad dryers that you could buy that you actually it spins. It spins the uh, lettuce in a in a kind of a contraption and it throws the water out from the the leaves. Uh you can also use just paper towels and kind of very gently pat inside the bowl all the leaves to try to soak up some of the, the water. But once Once you have washed and dried the lettuce, you can plate it and uh, add a couple of slices of tomato on top and then crumble feta, feta cheese over that. Now, this is one of those salads that you really could stick back in the fridge and chill before adding the dressing and serving. Uh, So you can do this in advance if you wanted to. Uh, I like to use a little saran myself or not saran. Just any kind of plastic wrap that'll stay uh, over the plates, uh, not too tightly, but just just tight enough to to hold everything in place and to kind of keep it from absorbing the odors if there are any odors of uh of the fridge. So uh the dressing too is very simple to make, you know, it's just really um extra virgin olive oil, fresh squeezed lemon juice, crushed garlic and salt and pepper. That's it. Simple. And uh it is just very very good. You know, you can find the recipe for our standard salad dressing over at Catholic foodie dot com and I'll put a link in the show notes to that. I've just told you exactly what we put in it, uh, but if you want more information, you want to maybe exact measurements, just go to CatholicFoodie.com uh, for this post, right? This particular episode one seventeen, and the link will be in the show notes there. You know, we 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 don't advocate using bottled dressings. You you can of course if you if you want. We don't really advocate that because uh, they always add so many chemicals and junk to those kinds of dressings. And they're really just not as good as the ones you can make yourself with the tiniest bit of effort. So uh, now the last salad I want to share with you is um, in honor of the Lebanese convention. It's a family favorite. Now, you may want to temper it yourself on your end uh, with the use of cayenne in this recipe because we like it kind of kind of hot and spicy but, but but traditionally tabbouleh is a parsley salad with bulgur wheat and uh, you know in our family we're partial to tomatoes and i'm sure that every family has its own twist on this traditional salad but here's what you would need to have on hand to make tabbouleh tomatoes parsley mint bulgur wheat onions green onions extra virgin olive oil lemons and cayenne and maybe even a little salt and pepper now I probably don't even need to say this, but we were talking about fresh ingredients here, right? Everything fresh. Also with tabbouleh, you want everything small. You know, you want the smallest cut of the bulgur wheat. It's called uh the number 1. That's the the denotation of that particular cut of the the wheat. It's the smallest one you get. And you have to soak that wheat before you use it. And I think normally we use maybe about half a cup of uh of wheat. And the good thing about that is you can soak it before you use it. So you could just stick it into a bowl with water in it and stick it in the fridge and leave it there overnight if you wanted to. So that's one way to kind of speed up the process when you're making tabbouleh. You also want to uh, dice up. You want to dice, right? Dice your onions, your green onions, your tomatoes, the parsley, the mint. Now, the tomato, there's a way of doing it. If you have a really good knife, it makes it very easy to do and it's very quick And uh, you kind of take the the, the top part of the tomato and put it face down in the palm of your hand. And what you're going to do is kind of do a crisscross uh, slices. You don't want to go all the way through, but from the bottom part of the tomato, which will now be facing up, you want to do slices, make rows, basically, across the tomato in one direction and then crisscross that. So now you should have it in all these, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like it's being push through like a a grater or something like that. But then what you do is you wind up slicing it also. So you're kind of pre-making the cuts and then you're slicing it from the side and uh, it's just a very quick way to quote-unquote chop a tomato. I don't know if I really described that well enough or not for audio, but uh, (laughs) maybe I could take some pictures and put that on the site too. So uh, if you have any questions about that description, let me know. And I'll be sure to uh, clarify it or send pictures or post a video or something over at CatholicFoodie.com. You can always give me a call at 985-635-4974 or send me an email at Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com. So once once you have everything chopped or diced and it's all in a bowl, uh, once again, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to season it with a little salt and pepper, the cayenne, and also add uh, some olive oil and lemon juice to it. Um, If you want more specific uh measurements, check out the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. I will post that recipe over there at catholicfoodie.com dot com so you have a more uh specific idea, I guess, on what the uh what the uh measurements should be. But of course we do all this by I don't know, it's like playing playing piano by ear or something. You know, you just kinda kinda cook by ear, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. It's kinda second nature. I don't really measure anything out, but Anyway, if you need measurements, let me know. I'll try to hook you up with some. All right, so uh, these are just a few ideas for you this summer for simple and quick salads. You know, I already mentioned a couple of tips, but I'd like to repeat what I said and also mention a few more. You know, first of all, when we're talking about salads and raw veggies, fresh is always best. We take the extra time to get the best ingredients and to prepare them well, and that means that you eat what's in season. Tomatoes and cucumbers are plentiful in the summertime. And, uh, you know, if you don't own your own garden at home, if you don't have a garden at home, I would encourage you to visit your local farmer's market. You know, farmer's markets always seem to have the best produce. Groceries, uh, supermarkets, kind of hit and miss, you know what I mean? Uh, When it comes to produce, which is why they are never my first choice. I always try to hit the uh, farmer's market. Or we do have a a Whole Foods in, uh, in New Orleans that we go to. And also there's a fresh market here on the North Shore area, and uh, they they really do have great produce, so we will go there. Uh, But, you know, sometimes it takes just a little planning ahead to save tons of time, and if you know you're going to be pressed during the week, you can always pre-wash your lettuce a day or two in advance and store it in sealable plastic baggies in your fridge. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, there are pre-washed lettuces available at local supermarkets, but, you know, when you do that, you always sacrifice freshness. So another thing that we do to save time is to pre-make our dressings. Uh, you don't want to do this too far in advance. Maybe a couple of days would be all right. Uh, but you want, to, you want it to maintain its freshness, okay? But over time, we have acquired quite a collection of old jam and jelly jars. And they're the perfect size for our salad dressings. And uh, we usually get two salads out of one jar of dressing. And again... Uh, You can always go to CatholicFoodie.com to find the recipe for our, um, I guess, standard dressing that we do here at the house. Uh, But anyway, those are my super simple summer salad tips for you today and ideas for those salads. Uh, Do you have any favorite summer salads? I would love to hear about it. Please give me a call, 985-635-4974 or send me an email at Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com. Of course, you can always leave comments over at CatholicFoodie.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Foodie, And now, it is time for Mary in the Kitchen with Sarah Reinhardt. Hi, I'm Junie. And I'm Ray. And, and this is, is Mary in, in the, in the kitchen, kitchen
1: with Sarah Reinhardt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. It has been a while. And you know what? my kitchen has changed. By changed, I mean that it is completely different. You see, in the last, how long has it been now? Three months? I have moved, as in across the street and 500 feet or so south, into a house that feels palatial and way nicer than I deserve. How we ended up with this house is a long tale of God's providence, and we don't have time for that now. I will, however, tell you about the view from my kitchen. Our new house, and it's at least a hundred years newer than the old house, is still surrounded by fields and in the same neighborhood if our rural route with neighbors acres and acres away can be called a neighborhood. It's all one floor, which makes putting laundry away way less challenging, especially if you tend to be the kind of person who puts off putting away laundry, not that I am that kind of person, but I am. The kitchen is the kind of showplace that has made more than one visitor pause. There are enough cabinets for everything I could ever want to put in them. On one of our first nights here, my husband looked at me and said, You know... He must have really loved his wife. He was talking about the man who built this house. He clarified to me later, You don't build a kitchen like that unless you really love your wife. Now, you guys know, I'm not a cook. But I sure feel loved just being in this kitchen. My first thought when I saw the counter space on our first tour of the house was, Wow, that's perfect for noodles. I know. I know, my reputation, which is well-earned, is as a non-cook, but I feel loved and I wanna share it. I feel loved because my husband has gone to quite some effort to make living in this house possible. I feel loved because my heavenly father arranged for me to have this kitchen and the rest of the house. My husband, not long before we knew this glorious new house was going to be in our future, Mentioned that homemade chicken and noodles is one of his favorite meals. I decided someone needed to glean this information from my mother-in-law. Because she's the one who knows how to make them. So she spent a day teaching me her technique. Making those noodles, that first time and both times I've made them since, (laughs) is an act of love. One that tastes delicious. It's the kind of act of love I'm pretty sure Mary knows all about. Her son, after all, reminds us every week, with a meal, just how much he loves us.
0: Thank you so much, Sarah. That was Sarah Reinhardt, folks, with our Mary in the Kitchen segment here at the Catholic Foodie. You can find more of Sarah over at snoringscholar.com.
1: Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This Mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it?
0: Well, that wraps up another episode of the Catholic Foodie, folks. Thank you so much for spending time with me here. It's been fun. And don't forget to register for the Catholic New Media Conference, the CNMC, over at cnmc.sqpn.com. It's quickly approaching. This year, the CNMC will be in Kansas City on September 30th and October 1st. They have an awesome lineup, too. Sister Ann Flanagan, also known as the Nun Blogger, Sean Patrick Lovett from Vatican Radio. Lisa Hindi from CatholicMom.com. Pat Gohn from the Among Women podcast. Matthew Warner from Flocknote and National Catholic uh, Catholic Register. And Jeff Geerling, also from Flocknote and lolsaints.com. Be there or be square. (laughs) And please do visit my friends over at simplicitiesoflife.com. Kessie and Kobe Thomas have excellent religious jewelry and heirloom quality rosaries. Simply beautiful. Visit them at simplicitiesoflife.com. Dot com. And until next time, bon appetit.